Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. SRB Media. Is it so you're lost in dreams beside the world? Want to go? Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 12 of our weekly podcast, The Curran View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. Part 12, or episode 12. We've done 11 so far, Tell. Unbelievable, isn't it? How time flies. Yeah, it does. But when it's it's an enjoyable one, you know, time time doesn't go quick. And are you enjoying our new intro music? It's Dream Forever Brilliant. by Jimmy Coburn, my pal Jimmy Coburn, off his debut album, Waterloo Key. Jimmy plays John Lennon in the um, Cavern Club Beatles as well. So if ever you Brilliant. fancy going up to Liverpool for the weekend, go and have a have a look at uh, Jimmy Coburn and his brother and the rest of the uh, Fab Four. They are wonderful. Uh, talking of number 12, substitutes. In our day, they were substitutes. Now they're called... only one, there was only one in our day, weren't there? Yeah, but now they're called impact players. I don't know where they got that from. Now, who was the greatest substitute? There's only one. It has to be uh, Fairclough. Yeah, David. Yeah. It has to be. It has to be David Fairclough. Yeah. You know, because he was an impact uh, sub when he came on. You know, um, but what the, uh, what makes me laugh with with modern day, as you call it, modern day football, whatever. Uh, you want to call it nowadays, uh, Mourinho, this specialist uh, wonder man, what fetches a substitute on and changes the game. Yeah. They forget that substitute when they when Mourinho and these people fetch him on, the 25, 50, 40 million pound players. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there should be uh, game changers, and they have unbelievable, skillful players or top players in these teams. Yeah. So when they fetch uh, substitutes on, and they turn around and say. What a great uh, substitution that one that one is. And for me, it it don't it doesn't fall well with me. I, I, I don't fall for that one. And David Fairclough, as you rightly said, whenever he came on in that kind of like late Liverpool, late seventies Liverpool team, he was always good for a goal, and not just in the old First Division in old money. But in the European Cup, because I remember him scoring some great goals. I think one when he come on against Saint Etienne and Chelsea. Etienne, I was going to say. Yeah. I was just going to say to you when in when the European Saint Etienne, Saint yeah. Etienne, unbelievable. He was an unbelievable uh, and not when it were to, not playing for him, you know, not to be losing his rack uh, and getting frustrated uh, with, with not playing. Yeah. So he was a great uh, team player yeah. and a, a, a great club man. You know, to be patient, and even when he did well and scored goals, he was still put back to sub uh, to subs bench, and he still produced it. You know, week in and week out, when he did come on uh, for Liverpool and scored, like you said, very important uh, goals. 
and the first substitute. Can you remember when that was and who that was, Tell, from memory? I've looked it up. I've researched it today, so I have got the information in front of me. Well, now you put me you put me on the spot here. Because I would there, there were There were, there were um, only one sub in yeah. my day. So I would have said round about 68, 69? 65. 65? Yeah. 21st. FA Cup, Liverpool, Liverpool, Chelsea's all. I remember that Liverpool, uh, FA Cup, Liverpool, not Liverpool, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leeds United, 65. Okay. Uh, so I remember that. Uh, so who was then the, the first substitute? No, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know. It was Keith Peacock of Charlton. Charlton Athletic, yeah. yeah. He, he come on yeah. to replace injured goalkeeper Mike Rose, a game against Bolton, and that was on the 21st of August 1965. It's amazing, isn't it, to think yeah. that pre-1965, we didn't have substitutes. Famously, there was the um, FA Cup final. Birch, uh, Birch Chapman, yeah. Not Bert Chapman, the, the, the uh, German goalkeeper. Well, Bert Troutman, yeah, 1956. Bert Troutman, that was his Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he broke his neck against Birmingham City. But yeah. But they couldn't, you know, I mean, to be fair to him, I don't think he realised at the time that he broke no, he didn't, no, right. in his neck and, and he played a blind and, of course, they beat us uh, 3-1. But there was um, a famous final as well with, um, I think, the two United goalkeepers. I think Ray Wood in 57 got absolutely smashed by McParland. I would too. Yeah, and, and then there was the other one with Loftus. So he smashed them United goalkeeper the season <laughs> the season after. Because in them days, you could smash the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, that's right. Yeah. Well, the first thing, when I was playing, the first thing <coughs> people like Jack, I mean, you never, you never hear it from Cluffy, but people like Jack, the first thing they, they would turn around and say, look, from a corner, or put the ball, from a corner, put the ball in, hit the goalkeeper. Yeah. Or first chance you get the, from out wide to put a ball in, uh, put it in between the goalkeeper so the centre forward, Andy McCullough could go and uh, really uh, let the goalkeeper know is uh, is going to be in for a tough game. Or if he's injured, uh, then he's off. You know, so in those days you got away with it. You won't be, be able to get. Well, you can't even get near a goalkeeper now, can you? No, but but again, it was a tactic tactical ploy from Jack that he always had someone stand in front of the goalkeeper in fact I remember Jack used to do it yeah, yeah I remember watching this like and because I'd got it from somewhere whether it was a YouTube clip or I'd read it somewhere in, in a book and when I managed my team I always used to get one of our players don't touch the goalkeeper but stand in front of him. If you're doing nothing else, all you're doing is you're annoying him and you're making him think about something. And that's yeah. what the game is about, making people think and putting them off their game legally. Exactly. You know, uh, you, if, you get a, if you get a guy like Jack was six foot three, six foot four, yeah. and in those days, the keepers weren't as big as what they are nowadays. Mm. You know, um, and getting him in front of the goalkeeper it's making the goalkeeper think you know uh, I'm, how am I going to be able to come and get that ball yeah. is he going to come and hit me is the centre forward going to come and hit me you know and it's making them think about uh, or distracting them from what the job should be doing 
And of course, in them days as well, goalkeepers never wore gloves, did they? I mean, Pat Jennings had he had hands like shovels and like it was bare hands. Could you imagine goalkeepers today having bare hands? And even as late as probably the mid seventies, they used to wear these like gardening gloves today, little green gloves, didn't they, goalkeepers? Um, um, the last generation what played with the leather bo- old leather ball with the lacing when I was a kid. Yeah. And can you listen? When when someone gets hit in face with a, a leather ball or with any ball, all the rest of the lads start laughing. You can't help it. I don't know what it is, but everybody starts laughing. Yeah. So you can imagine when you got hit in face with with the old leather ball, uh, suede ball compared to, to balls today. But in those days, with no gloves, so when they hit a ball with that old leather ball, yeah. the the hands, well, the goalkeeper's hands used to be red draw because they're coming. Some of the goalkeepers are coming and say. Why that ball today, like you know, so it's incredible what the the, the playing in gloves now, which is better for him anyway. Yeah, you know, it is better for him because you know if you can protect the goalkeeper, uh, rightly so. Um, but it, 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 it's unbelievable to play without gloves, or like you said, like you say, those gardening gloves. Uh, what they used to, Peter Benetti, I remember him playing in those gardening gloves. But you're right about the balls as well. Um, I remember when I was a kid and, and my dad used to take me over the fields because we used to live by the fields and we'd had two balls. We had had a, a, a caser, a normal kind of caser. This would probably be about 70, 72, 73. And he'd have a, a ball like, and it felt like a medicine ball because it, yeah. it was one of them leather balls, but he yeah. used to just dip it in the water so it makes you, it was absolutely wet. And yeah. I used to play on the wing, so he, he, we used to have a pipe and he, I used to have to try and hit this ball over the pipe. Well, it, you'd struggle with that leather ball that was dipped in water. But when you hit a proper ball, then blimey, if you hit it sweet, it didn't half go. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, yeah, you're right there, and really, and a good, a, a, a good training ploy when you think about it, yeah. because if you can hit the old Casey, yeah, you know, and then it uh, going into uh, you know the, a modern ball, what I say, a modern ball, a modern ball in our day yeah. from the from the old Casey, yeah, uh, it would be great for you. But at nine times out of ten, you would have a sore foot hitting one of those old balls. Oh God, uh. <laughs> unbelievable. We're going round full circle now because we're going to bring it up to date. We're going to talk about England and the home international, Scott. I love that post of yours um, a couple of days ago. Scotland, I didn't realise that your dad was Scottish and you got yeah. Welsh in your family. And I was having the same conversation with my stepson when Scotland were going to kick off. And he said, who are you supporting? I said, Scotland? I, I support all of the British teams because I'm British and I hope that they all do well. And um, he said, but there ain't many Scots or Welsh people or Irish that support English, the English teams or England. But when I look at it and where I come from, I'm not bothered what they do and what other people think. It's what I believe, and I, I yeah. always want British teams to do well. Well, when you got when you got family, what's you know part Welsh, part Scottish, part Irish, yeah. you know, uh, I want to. But I'm I'm, a, I'm from British Isles, and I want to do well. Not when they're playing England, because obviously I want England to win. Exactly. But the polls really wasn't about that. Yeah. What I was trying to, what I've been writing for years and years and years that we've never signed the technically gifted players. We've never done it. We've yeah. never done it. Yeah, you know, for years and years and years, we 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 you know, the players like Hudson's and George. I know we we keep repeating ourselves mm-hmm. about it, but it's it's a fact. It's not nothing else. I'm not dreaming about it. It's a fact. Yeah. And if the, what I was trying to get out of the what I 
cross to, 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 to pundits and, and fans is this. I put the middle bit in when it said, I, I was saying, look, I'm, I was trying to say, I'm not against Scotland. Yeah. I'm not against Ireland. I'm not against Wales. I'm not against the uh, Republic of Ireland. But it was men against boys. The Belgium was men against boys. The population of Scotland is, is is five and a half million, and the population of Belgium is is eleven and a half million. And I'm not going down that line. What I was trying to say is, it's men against boys. What is the reason for it? And there is only one reason for it, Gabby. Coaching. Yeah, that's what anybody says. And it, and it is the coaching. It's when you it's how you coach, and it's what plays you sign at a young age in these academies. Yeah. Because if you take the Scottish players, if you take the Scottish players and you take the Belgian players, and they did a running session, mm -hmm. they would beat majority of them would beat the Belgian players. Yeah. Right. Now, when we coach, you you I don't I don't mean to be funny to to you because you've not played a professional yeah. level because I'm never against any of that I've never yeah. ever been against any of it. Mm. What I'm against, if you don't if you can't improve players that's what I'm against. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is when when I were playing and we got beat four nil, right? The manager go, would go mad. Yeah. I get it. I get that bit. Mm. I get the the, the volleying bit. But then within the following day, and then we're running for an hour. Yeah. Now my question to the manager is when he asks, has anybody got a question? Yeah. Mm. What's what's the reason for the running? Yeah. What have we learned from that running? Yeah. You already know I'm fit. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I'll tell everybody what's listening on this. When I would like lightning, but yeah. I weren't a bad cross country runner. I'd finish in the first for a sprinter, I was still a decent cross country runner. Yeah. At school I'd finish second or third in cross countries in districts. Football clubs, you know, Forest of Peter with John McGovern, and then me. Yeah. What had finished in front of others, and I was a sprinter. Mm. So it's not, you know. So I said to him, "What have we learned? You know, I'm, we know I'm fit. What have we got out of that? What have we got out? Nothing. Only some more fitness. Mm. Now on a Monday when the lads, because in my day the lads were big drinkers. Yeah. So Gabby, Gabby, uh, and Tom and Jock, right? All big drinkers. Yeah. So come Monday morning, everybody's running. Yep. Everybody's running. Why are we all running? Well, because if I... No, I'm going to be. I ain't had it every weekend. Yep. Get the, the ones who's been having a drink and you want to sweat it out of them, get them running. They haven't, they haven't got a clue how to handle it. And how, because if somebody does something wrong, everybody gets punished for it. Yep. And it, that should never happen. When, you, when you've got beat, there's got to be a reason for it. I.e., somebody's made a mistake at back, whether it's a midfield player what's done, a mis uh, done something wrong uh, at the back, or whether a striker's trying to flick one when he should have played it. Now, you don't want to stop them doing certain things, but you've got to, you've got to say to them, look, you've got to be careful when we're doing when you're doing that but we don't we don't know how to handle it again I had Gary Neville I keep going about him we don't know how to coach his midfield player no we don't because all it is is box to box midfield players yeah. you know when, when we've got players what understand the game when we ain't got the ball that can, that can come in and close it make it out for, for the opposition uh, then we'll do, do do really well but the problem is our coaching and then you're going on you, you're going every day for training Gabby and, and what I'm explaining to you and everybody else this is what happened you know I used to love training I you can ask any any player what I played with any team what I I, were, I would never on the treatment table unless I got the really bad injuries like I got mm -hmm. 
I only ever got a one hamstring and that will end my career playing too many games in a, in a short period of time. Yeah. But other than that, I never, ever miss training. I never, ever, uh, when it was winter or whether we're playing down at Exeter, I never, some players, and I will tell you now, some players, it's a, oh, I don't fancy going down there. I'm going to go, so I've got a slight, uh, slight knock. Yeah. I've got a slight hamstring. So they wouldn't travel down to, to, to Exeter. Yeah. And they, them players when I was playing at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, so what I'm trying to say is the training methods, and then they go in the following day and lads will be saying, this is crap, this. All we're working on, all we're working on is defensive work. There's no, you know, for us attackers, what midfield players, it's just, all it is, is set set plays and organising the back four so yeah. we don't get beat three or four nil. Mm -hmm. If you're not one of the top teams, and that's what that's what that's what happens, and that's what did happen, and I imagine that's what happens. Like, because when you look at Huddersfield, you've only got to look at them. The results are bad. They've only concentrated on defending. Now, when you listen to Michael Owen talking about training, how mundane it was. Why did he say that? Yeah. You know. Now, when now he said it, people might understand or realize. Oh, not understand or realize and what they will say oh Michael Owen said it so it must be it must be true or it must be right what he's saying I'm I'm not here to have a go at managers I'm not here to have a go at English managers I'm not here to have a go at English players until we improve our coaching formula for the coaches then and for them to be brave enough to play games then we might become successful but until then right and I, I see it changing in a little bit up till then it will never, ever work in this country. I will tell you, say, explain it to you the other day. The midfield players we've got are quite good, very good, mm. right? But they're all the same type of player. Jack, Jack Grealish is a different type of player. And, I'm, you know, even if you play Jack Grealish as an old midfield player and you had two players going more advanced, at least you can get that ball and thread it down. Get it down and thread it through, I should say, through in between lines and put three or four players. We haven't. When do you see an English midfield player put a ball between like a De Bruyne does? Tell me when you see it. I watched that guy. I didn't see the first game against Bulgaria. Uh, one of our friends was getting married, so we was at the wedding all day. So I, I didn't see that game. I did watch the, uh, the the game last night and I was I was making comments, in-play comments. For me... Whenever I watch England and, and I see the team line up and I look at the midfield, I always look at a midfield and, and who's playing and I look at how they're going to play. Now, as I look at it, we've got Declan Rice, we've got Anderson and we've got Barkley. Well, Barkley usually plays a little bit further forward, but the other two are pretty much holding midfielders. I, I posted up on Saturday while I was at the wedding, why are we playing two holding midfield players against Bulgaria? We're not playing Brazil. And last night we were playing Kosovo. Yeah, I know they were on an unbeaten run and, and fair play to them and all the rest of it. But again, it's not a top team. They're a very average team. And two teams that we played probably wouldn't finish halfway up the championship, both teams. And I think that's quite a fair assessment. Now, when the defenders get the ball, they're looking 
to play the ball. If you're going to play the ball out from defence, you look into the play. Now, if all a defender can see is the number on the back of a shirt, that player doesn't want the ball. He needs to be side on, wanting to receive it and sending it out, as you say. So what England tend to do is, because a midfield player like Henderson or Rice don't want the ball, Henderson's great at telling players where they should play it. He doesn't want responsibility of the ball. If you don't res- want responsibility of the ball and commit Man that ball. Sorry, you're knackered. You've got no chance. Belgium do. All their players want to watch them against Scotland. Bang, bang, bang. High tempo. One, two, three. Balls in the back of the net. And that was from a corner. That's how you play football. Right. We are trying to pull you down on that. Yeah. A lot of that was good, right? Yeah. But if you take Henderson and you say, well, we need to get him side on. In you do need to get players side on. Yeah. But when you look at Iniesta and Zavi, Right, because yeah, yeah. I could talk about yeah. them and say, "Well, they're they're not playing now." But yeah. it's not that long ago since they were were, were playing. Yeah, uh, they would give people the ball with when, when other players are marked. Why? Because they want the ball and they compose on the ball and they're not frightened of the ball. Yeah. Again, what I'll say to you is, when you see a midfield players, right? So I'm not going to use that Zabi. I'm not going to use in the Esper. When you see a midfield player like a David Silver yep. or a De Bruyne yep. play a ball between three or four uh, sc- Scottish players or in, in, in England's case uh, Kosovo or, or, or Hungary where do you see that killer pass between the lines yep. what puts three or four players out of it tell me when I don't, I, that's what you I'm don't. Saying, I don't you don't because let me tell you something Gabby, uh, Gabby let me tell you something better than that we know Lampard and Gerard were great players, but not not. When did you yeah. ever see exactly Gerard or Lampard yeah. play a ball like a De Bruyne does through players? They they don't. It won't. They don't. We, because what just, we do, yeah. what we looked to is to get over the top. Not as much now. Yeah. Not as much now. But what we looked to is to get the ball over the top into channels and try and get people on the turn. Yeah. But when you're playing against clever players, they'll just drop off. It's easily read. You know, so you've, you haven't seen it. You've not seen it from any English player no. before. Well, uh, since Hudson, mm. uh, I mean, Stan Bowles wasn't a midfield player. It was a number 10 what played in and off the striker. Yeah. A Bawley, you know, a Bobby Chat. You haven't seen it. When when do you ever see any of our midfield players, when do you ever see Gerrard or Lampard play a ball around the corner? You, so, you didn't. You, you don't. The run, they are runners yeah. what get box to yeah, box, yeah. right? And, and and they'll go into channels. Yeah. And then when they get in in, uh, in in around 20, 30 yards and they'll have a shot. By the way, I'm not against having a shot at goal because if you don't shoot, you know, you don't score. Yeah. If you don't buy a lottery ticket, you don't win the lottery. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is you've got to get, it back, you've got to get the balance right. And I, I don't want to knock Barkley. Particularly, didn't give it, it, it didn't use the ball well last night. Mm. I don't want to knock uh, Declan Rice because they are good players. Yeah. He didn't use the ball quite well last night. Mm-hmm. But when do you? When are we going to see them players play balls between lines? What puts three or four players out of the game? I, I, uh, my, you've never seen it. You've my, never seen it. My honest opinion on on England now and, and going forward. The only two players I I believe have got that ability. Currently, a Grealish and Madison, yep. and yep. and them two players are artists. They'll drop. They'll want the ball. They'll have so. 
Jack Grealish will want the ball in any part of the pitch, even if he's got someone right up his backside, because he's confident in receiving the ball in tight areas, and he'll spin, he'll use it, he'll take players on. For me, he's the most complete midfield player in this country, and until England integrate Grealish and players like Grealish and play that way, for me, England will never ever win anything. It's impossible. They can't you need to have footballers, as you've identified, De Bruyne, Silva, Iniesta, Xavi, you need them players in your team at the top table if you're gonna win honours, and that's what England's biggest, biggest problem is. That can well, defend. Yeah. You, your midfield, your midfield is your cog of the team. Vital, yeah, absolutely. Is your cog of the team. So if you're going to play a four-three-three, you've got to have a, an only midfield player what's comfortable on the ball. Yep. You've got to know, have an only midfield player what can pass the ball. Yep. You've got to have an only midfield player what's when he gets it. My job is is to give it to a, a De Bruyne because yep. he's the one what's going to kill the. He's he's the one what's going to put the the the, the spitting plus uh, the spitting pass. Through on splitting, pass through. That's a mouthful, tell. Right? <laughs> that's the one. That's what we've got to be looking for. And then you've got to have the two in there, whether it's a Madison and, and a Grealish, yep. what's now going to put those killer balls yep. in. Right? I mean, all three then have got to be, when we haven't got it, we've got to make the pitch smaller. Yep. And until we get that part of it right, mm. that's going to be another problem. The other problem is, I like the goalkeeper. I'm not knocking the goalkeeper. He's a decent goalkeeper. Yeah. But he's not a world-class goalkeeper. No. Right? When you look at the one at, at, at Manchester City, Edison, and when you look at the one at uh, Liverpool, and I tell everybody, but they all keep going on about with the well Liverpool only started doing well once I got the goalkeeper, yep. Alisson. Yep. Yes. Confidence. Uh, uh, yep. Yes, uh, Van Dijk's a great player. But I tell you what, Look, watch Liverpool when he's not in. They're still a bit more vulnerable about it because he's he's thinking, shows how good you are. If you haven't got the right goalkeeper behind you or a world class goalkeeper, you start to worry about it. Yeah. Right? For all the, for all the things uh, we won at Everton, the main man in that team was Neville Southall yeah. because he saved he saved matches what we could have lost. Right, we could have lost. So you've got to have a world-class goalkeeper. So we've got to get that and get that midfield right now. Let's come to strikers. Whatever striker you want to use, whether it's Rashford through middle or Kane through middle, right? Now, if you play Kane through middle, he's definitely going to get your goals. Yeah. Right, because he's a confident player. But on top of that, what everybody forgets is we know he's a goal scorer, but it, they create that many chances, England. Mm-hmm. So he's going to score goals. So if he missed, if he if he misses one out of three, you know, or he scores two out of five, he looks a great goal scorer. Yeah. So I'm not bothered when we play Kane or Rashford through the middle. I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Because what they've got or what Rashford's got is blistering, blistering pace to go with the the natural ability he's got. Yeah. Now we've we've got Sterling, as quick as lightning. Great on the ball, good user of ball. Now he will. He has played those balls through, like the one he did to Sancho. Uh, Sancho yep. Right, for Sancho's first goal, splitted pass until we get that right. And then if you play Sancho on 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 the other side, yeah. Great control, great compose on the ball, blistering pace. So you got them. That's four of them. Now then you've got Hudson Odoi, who's yep. another unbelievable player. Mm. 
And then you've got Lingard, another unbelievable player, technically gifted player. So I will I will say this. Our five or six strikers yep. are, as, are the best in the world, if not as good as anywhere else in the world. I will that I'm not bothered about now, because we have got that in that area is fantastic. Yeah. Right? But when I look at the situ the scenario last night, we were getting we were giving, uh, they were coming through our midfield uh, players or our team uh, too easily. We were too open. Yep. Right? Now, natural talented footballers will, when I say natural talented, you've got to have the natural talent like the De Bruyne's, uh, like the Innes, Estes and Zabis, that they're not going to give the ball away because they know how important it is. But when they haven't got it, it's to, to make sure they make the pitch smaller and harder to get through because they, they try to play balls through to help their team. They know what type of ball, what's going to cause us a problem. So we haven't got the really thinking footballer in there what can do that type of uh, thing for the team. Yeah. So until we get that right, we're going to have a problem. But if if we get the midfield right and we get what I call a really world-class goalkeeper, I think we'll win the European Championship. Because we've got the midfield players, it's getting that balance right for it. I totally agree. But, I, but you're right, it, it, and I've posted this up, midfield is key, and if, if we don't, we're not going to win nothing. But you're absolutely right, up front, lightning pace, goals in there. But could you imagine if we got a couple of midfield players that have got creativity, how many more chances England would, would create? Because with all the goals last night, it pretty much come from Sterling. I mean, the magic moment for me this weekend was when he got the ball pretty much on the halfway line, turned and spun, travelled a bit, put a great pass through to Harry Kane, bang, there you go. Right. And what I'm saying, that is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, uh, in the in the last uh, World Cup, yeah, people are getting onto his back. Yeah, it, was, it, it were going deeper and deeper. I told him, yep. if you if you go back on my post and I said to him, he's not that type of player what can run from a deep area yep. with the ball. He never he never come past the halfway line for Manchester City or yep. very rare. Yep, you know, so he, he consumed his energy for in and around the opposition uh, half. Yep, right now I'm hearing people talking and I have to laugh. I have to laugh at this. This, uh, these are these are experts. Some of these have been good players, and they wonder why the poor coaches. Yeah. They turn around and say, "I'm watching Messi now. Uh, Messi. I'm watching uh, Sterling now, like Messi, uh, walking about on a pitch, and then all of a sudden seeing it and exploding. Now that point is brilliant. Yeah, that point is brilliant. And now because he's playing well, that's okay for him to walk around. By the way, that is good football. Yeah. Right. But what I'm going at is this. Could you imagine in Alan Hudson doing it and we're not doing well? They'd be lazy. Yeah. Lazy man. Yeah. So they, they, they don't understand the game until they start to understand the game. Right. And listen, that's an art in itself. I will tell you that. It's an art. When you, but your team has to be doing well, yeah. knowing to walk around. Right. Not always, but walk around and then exploding because he knows where that ball's going to go. Yeah. He will read the game. But what makes me laugh about it, now they're saying he's doing that now, but if, if he, when he were doing that, they used to slaughter him. It's only two years ago, two years ago, two, well, two summers ago, with, his, with the World Cup were on, everybody's having a go at him. Yeah. You know, can't cross the ball, he can't do that. He was still a, he's still a young lad now. 
Now he's getting more mature. Right? He's got more game time under him. Mm. Everything's filling into play. But he's playing with great players at Manchester City. And he's a, he has learned a lot. You learn yourself by being with great players. But I'll tell you this. Don't anybody forget this. He's learned so much off a of Guardiola. Yeah. It's untrue. And if he tell, and he will tell you that himself. Yes, he's learned a lot from himself. Why was it? How has he done that? Because he's played with great players. And when he gets a, when he gets a ball from from the from the players at Manchester City, he's giving balls. He doesn't have to break his stride. Yep. When he plays with England, sometimes he's got to break his stride. Yep. Right, and that's the difference. And so, we we have got the players. I disagree with you know we have got the players. It's whether the coaches. And again, I don't want to knock uh, Southgate because he has brought a little bit of. Uh, happiness back to the uh, dressing room yeah. uh, with the national team and he's brought a bit of pride back and he's got it where people are, you know the press and everybody's mixing they're not against each other mm-hmm. but until he Southgate gets that balance right in there where he's got an old midfield player what's composed what can pass right and what can see things and what's capable say no I'm not going to hit that I'm going to give it to the nearest one yeah. and let him do that We've but, got, you know, get, we're getting a bit more advanced until we get that right, and a world-class goalkeeper with no chance, no chance. But that midfield player that's nearest has got to want to have the ball at his feet, well, even that's if what he's I'm in saying. the tight. Yeah, yeah, but that's we've got problem. that. Yeah, Paul, we've got that. Must get grueling. We have got Must it, but they don't play it. They will not yeah. play it. Exactly. They won't play it. And it now, took him two years, and that's the one thing that annoys me with Southgate. Two years ago, when he took over, he had the problem. He still got the same problem. The same problem. problem. And yeah. we still open. Our midfield, if exactly. you watch us when we play, our midfield's open. Yeah. Now, the first game of the season, Villa, and I thought they played exceptionally well against Tottenham. We we know Tottenham's got one or two problems, i.e. whether he's is the manager happy. Uh, obviously, he's not happy with the signings uh, they've made. He's not happy with some of the players, whether they're coming or going. But Jack Grealish, absolutely a great game that day. He didn't make a mistake. They did well to squeeze him. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They did well to yeah. squeeze him. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that will look at him, oh, this is another, uh, I'm not used to Terry but this is another uh, Frank Worthington. This is another Alisson. So this is another Tony Mavericks. We can't have them in. This is what happens. It costs us goals. Mm-hmm. Listen, all their type of players, that Kane, Kane, at Burnley. Yep. He's a big lad where if you put balls into the box, he can edit out. Yep. He makes a mistake, you know, they said, well, he's made a mistake because he's uh, he's trying to play out from the back and it's not his type of game. That's where we've gone wrong because we, we haven't had players to do it. When you look at it throughout the world, yep. what's won every trophy, right? Barring a one-off, a Wimbledon, what won the FA Cup, which was which which, which would boot it as far as they can. Uh, and uh, there were thugs what would kick people up in the air. The rest, the rest of the teams in throughout the world, whether it's at uh, Premier League level, whether it's in Spain, Germany, uh, the World Cups, European Championships, they've all got players who are composed and are proper natural footballers, not made footballers. That's what I call them, not made footballers. People call them robots, you know. And anybody's entitled to be a, a footballer, but once you start to go on that level up there, the game's quicker and the understanding of the game is even quicker. Yeah. And that's what I, our coaches don't understand. It, the game is quicker, but the understanding of the game, and when I say the game, I'm about the pace. Yeah. You, them say, you never hear them say what I've just said to you. you the pace will say the pace is quicker. 
the understanding of the game is twice as quick. Yep. Because John, I've been reading about John Terry, weren't a quick, but his thought, his thought exactly. of the game were unbelievable. And that's what we never talk about. The and pace is quicker. The higher you go up, the pace is quicker. But let me tell you something. The thought of a natural talent of football player is even quicker still because I see it. To see things happen. Exactly. And Before it happens. And and that's, that's, for me, where Grealish is so good. He looks at the full picture. He knows before he receives that ball where he's going. He knows what he's doing. He's a step or two ahead. And at the moment, we've got players that actually don't want the ball, so they're not thinking about the full picture. Yeah. And and for me, that is the difference with players that can Wanting cut the it. Ball. Exactly, yeah. and players that can't cut it. And if you well, are going to play from the back, you must have midfield players that are comfortable Grealish, on the ball to receive it. Grealish will have problems. And I'll tell you why he'll have a problem. Because they've got that many midfield players, yeah. right? And I've wrote on my wall, get your socks rolled up, yeah. get your tie-ups on them, don't roll over, Right, if it, unless it's a proper foul. Yeah. When it's a foul, get up. Don't argue. Then they won't clash you as a maverick. Yeah. They won't because what they will do for him not to play, I guarantee you, they'll put him in a position. Right, but the one thing about him, I think you could put him anywhere. Yeah. I mean, not. He wouldn't do. He wouldn't do well out out on left, but he'd be composed on the ball. Yep. Right, but what they will do, they'll put him in a position, and against a team. And, and chop and change a lot of the team. And if the team do well, without we've given his chance, he can't do it. And they will do it to make sure, you know, that he's not uh, going in team on a regular basis because that's what they want because they want a certain player. And people's got the opinions and I respect their opinions. Yeah. But I express mine and I want that. What I, what I say to people, think about what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm right, but when you look at it, all the top teams seem to do that. What I'm saying. Yep. And every. And until we get a coach, what can do that? Yeah. I'd love. They all keep going on about Guardiola to be able to um, do it at Huddersfield or Birmingham City. Yeah. And you know what I would love Guardiola to say, right, I've got enough money. Yeah. I've won everything I wanted to win. Yeah. Right. I love my own country, Spain. I'll go back to them another time. But I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna fetch England back up to up to the top yeah. and let Guardiola because you know we have the same players we've got now. I I bet you Guardiola get another 10, 15, 20 percent, yeah, better 100%. footballer out of them than anybody else. Hundred percent. And and in terms of the answer to the question of he wouldn't win the league with Birmingham City or Huddersfield, of, of course he wouldn't. Don't be stupid. But he would improve all them players. They would exactly. all be better for playing for Pep Guardiola because he's a coach. He improves players, and that's what top coaches do. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, listen, I'm not against what other people's opinions, yeah. right? And I don't say things uh, after after uh, the game. I say it before because I put my name, uh, me, me, uh, me neck on the line. Exactly. And what, and what I was saying about England, they'll win these two games. Without any problems, and they did. Yeah. But I said there'd be problems, and you'll see it. And what I said, it turned out right. Yeah. It turned out right. When I said to Scotland about Scotland, you know, they'll get beat. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying because I want them to get beat. Because mm. what I said, I want Scotland to win. They'll get beat because we sign a certain player 
where the Belgians and the rest of them, the rest of the great teams, the Brazilians and the Italians and the Germans, sign natural footballers. What understanding? We don't do it in this country. Why? I don't know. I just, well, I do know for some unknown reason. You know, you've got to have nine A level, nine O levels, and five A levels, and then people start to listen, listen to you, and believe in you. Well, every great podcast needs a campaign. I'm not saying that we're a great podcast. <laughs> well, you are, but we are. We gonna, both are. We're gonna I'll get say it for us. Because yeah. if we don't say it, Gabby, nobody else is going to say it. We are the best. We are the best. And we need a campaign. So our campaign is Grealish for England, and we need Jack in. It was his 24th birthday yesterday as well. So now is the right time for Grealish to play for England, in our united opinion. Women's football, they... Um, they, they kicked off their season uh, the weekend. Stamford Bridge was rocking and so was the Etihad. But at one ground, they gave away free tickets. Whilst at the other ground, the Etihad, adults paid seven quid. Yeah. They still got an awful lot in the Etihad. Chelsea, I think, would have got a similar amount had they charged. The women's game has come on leaps and bounds. It does need to stand on its own two feet. And uh, that is a way forward. But now they're not going to be playing their next games at the Etihad or Stamford Bridge or any of the big stadia. Will it go back to the 800s and 1000s as it did before? Well, I wrote about this and yeah. what, what, what I was writing about because I'm one of those what watches it. I've yeah. been watching women's football uh, when Japan uh, won it. I was watching it when uh, the Brazilians won it. And I'm thinking, oh, these are un- unreal, technically yeah. gifted players. What they lacked was strength. Yep. And that's all they lacked. But, I mean, the women. So they're not going to have the strength of a man. <laughs> Some of them women, technically, are better than a lot of English players. I'll give it what's playing the game. Especially in the championship, lower down in the Premier League, right? Technically gifted. But what I was trying to say is when you give tickets away, right? And there were no games, yeah. there were no games uh, for the men, and the world, it's fantastic. And, and I, I hope the women could get that week in and week out because it's fantastic for them to play. So I'm yeah. not, not, what I was trying to say is that it's like all fake news, they're giving us news, 24,000 here at Chelsea. Yeah. Of course, we could all see that. Mm. What's the reason for it? They're playing at, 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 at Stamford Bridge. Tickets are free. Now, if you give all the tickets free at Exeter, and if that only owes 5,000 people, or, or Grimsby, it owes 5,000, and you give them free tickets, do you think that won't be full every week? Yeah. Of course it will. Yeah. You know, so at Manchester City, you charge them £7. Seven, seven pound, a massive, a, a massive uh, city, right? No games played. Man United, Manchester City, Derby, Boom, yeah. let's play. Uh, let, let's get in there. Uh, charge seven pounds, fantastic. And, and they should be doing things like this to get to encourage more women's football. What yeah. I'm trying to say is if you give tickets away, you will fill your grounds. Yeah, you will fill your grounds. And I remember watching an interview with Dave Whelan, and he was saying in, in Premier League, we can do this, yeah, but we chose not to do it. Now, every little bit helps the club, but if they can do that. Why doesn't why doesn't a Manchester United or a or a Manchester City or a Liverpool, when a Burnley gets into trouble, say so right, we give these the, uh, the revenue for what we get for this game, we'll give to a Burnley. The problem is, and now I would be for that if if 
these owners, because some of these yeah. owners are corrupt, and I'm not bothered. You see why I don't get a manager's job, <laughs> right? Because they are. Yeah, Allegedly, yeah. they're corrupt. Yeah. Because the money goes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Bury at moment in time, only that owner wants that club closed. Otherwise, that they could have played their games. And that's the only reason why I'm against it, mm -hmm. to give them the money, because that same person would put that money in his pocket somehow. Somehow. And I want the fans to understand one thing. Don't think that these chairmans put £8 million or £100 million into their clubs. Right? Because if they put £8 million in, they take 12 and 14 out. Yep. If they put hundred million in, they'll take a two hundred million out. It's pretty. Then you wonder why your clubs go. And I mean, yeah. it's true. Yeah, it is. it's true. It is, yeah. But who says it? Who says it? When I see now Michael Owen talking about football and criticizing coaches, why didn't they do it when they were playing? They'll because that's what's happened to the game. Again, they will never. It's like when a player leaves. For instance, when. Uh, when when you didn't sign uh, for Everton and it was all no. over the press, yeah. greedy, greedy Terry yeah. Curran. When Paul Devlin left Birmingham, I remember the Blues fans singing when he come back with Sheffield United, there's only one greedy bastard. Yeah. And, and, and that was because in the press, it was all about the greedy player wanting more money. And what clubs do is they put the poison down and fans, by and large, believe everything that the football club tells them. And most of that is incorrect and it's fake. Well, I will not, I will not stick it for players, I will stick it for myself. Yep. I won't stick up for myself, right? Yep. Because um, there is some players, you know, what are greedy. There is some players what are selfish. Yep. Right? But it's it's both ways. The exactly. clubs the clubs are as bad as what some of the players are. Yeah. And in fact, they're worse. I'll tell you why. A player can't live when he wants. But I'll, I'll tell you what, a club will make sure that player goes uh, when that club wants to get rid of him. 100%. Hundred percent. They'll make it very, very difficult for the player, and almost the the, the player feels as though he's he's got to go. He's got no future. He's got to go. You're absolutely right. Bournemouth. So, sorry, sorry, Gabby. Go on. One more. Bournemouth losing thirty million pounds um, and relegated Huddersfield picked up more than Juve or Bayern. I saw that yeah. on your on your wall as well. It's incredible. It's endemic, a kind of this money, this greed, this, 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 it's taking over the game and it's, it's distorting it, isn't it? Well, the thing, what, the thing with it, if Bournemouth had to sell a player tomorrow, while ever they're doing well-ish, mm -hmm. they'll get that 30 million pound back. Yeah. And might get a profit. Yeah. What happens if them same players have a really disastrous run and they look like getting relegated? Yeah. No chance of getting the thirty million pound back for one of them players. Yeah, they've got to sell them cheap. Yeah, because they can't. They, they once they once once they drop out of the Premier League, they will start to struggle mm -hmm. and go like a lot of other other clubs. So what I was trying to say about it is, Bournemouth, have, you know, have lost uh, 30, thirty million pounds last season. The problem is, if they have a disastrous run and they get relegated, they're in trouble because that that owner will. Will pull his money out because players don't want to leave. Yeah, players will want to leave. They they don't get it, the, the gates are not big enough to sustain anything. 
So, I mean, how, what Bournemouth have done in the Premier League is that brilliant, brilliant. Everybody concerned with that football club has been fantastic. And Eddie Howe has done a great job. What I was trying to say is, you know, these could be in a bad way if things don't, uh, if things just turn against him. A turning of the tides and out with the old and in with the new, or it's pretty much out with the new and in with the old. Watford, Watford now have got rid of uh, Xavi Gracia, if that's the yep. p- correct pronunciation of his name, and, and they, brought, <laughs> they brought in the old geezer back, who's only been sacked. 12 months ago. It's their 11th manager, I believe, in 13 years. It, it seems absolutely crazy. Money and, and, and the fear of losing in football just, again, it seems to distort all of the right-minded thought patterns and processes of chairman in the game today, doesn't it? The thing is, I never want to see people uh, get sacked. Yeah. I write about things, this is poor, that's poor, mm. this club's poor, that team's poor. You know, I'm just expressing my opinion. Yeah. Now, Chelsea have chopped and changed, but Chelsea have won, it, have won trophy after trophy. When you get a Watford chopping and changing managers like they have done, yeah. I mean, they've had 11 managers, what did you say, in 11 years? I think it's 13 years, 11 and 13. 13 seasons. Sure it is, yeah. You know, yeah. What good is that to anyone? There's no continuity. Now, you can tell whether the manager's not going to be successful. But that guy has had one of the most successful periods in Watford's history. I'm not saying it is the most successful. Yeah. I said one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he looks uh, a good guy. He looks an honest guy. Mm. Uh, he's very good with the press. The team were playing some good football. Yes, they've set off bad this season. Uh, but Ulster said that they won't do well. Ulster said they, they might get relegated. But I, if I was a football manager and, and as wealthy as what some of these managers are, why would you take a what? Why would you take a Watford? I, I don't. I'm, I am I'm, absolutely amazed. And they did it. They did it during the England and Bulgaria game. Well, it's, listen, it's incredible. <laughs> when you look at it, we know managers are going to get sacked. Yeah, yeah, of course. We know, we know managers are going to get sacked. The thing about all this, all some of these chairmen, they're frightened to death to set the manager up sacking you. Yeah. And they, they do it by, by by phone or by email or by text. A lot of them don't want to, and they'll use any excuse to sack someone. Yeah. Now, how long have they been ready for sacking him? Because when he got sacked, he was replaced within 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, it's incredible. Right? And you'll get, you'll get when a manager wants to go and watch a football club, right? You want to go and watch a football club or watch a team, he goes there and if, if that team's near the bottom and that manager's gone, majority of people think, well, he's only come here hoping he's going to get the manager get the sack and, you know, he might get the job. Yeah. You, you don't even go to a football match. It's like me going to watch Jock's team play. Yeah. You know, they get beat three, one, four, one. Look, a poor team. You got to imagine, and people think, you know, what they want job. It's a load of rubbish. Yeah. You got to watch a football match because you want to watch a decent, a decent team. So when a manager goes to watch a football match and that team's not doing particularly well, he wants to watch a football match. Yeah. It's not his fault the team's not doing well, right? But it's the chairmen's what do it, and they blame everyone or anyone but themselves. We know fans put people under pressure. 
right? They will put the chairmans under pressure. But sometimes you've got to, you've got to be careful what you you wish you for because sometimes it can work the other way, can't it? It certainly can, and it's kind of like work in progress and watch this space with Watford because anything can happen, can happen within the next. I mean, the way Watford are going on, they're going to be giving managers a three-month rolling on contracts. It's just for the Premier League just gets worse and worse in terms of stupid things that happen. Now, one of the big games this weekend in our Soccer 6 predictions is... Um, the Mighty Owls, and you're away at Huddersfield, and both have got new new gaffers. I I am involved in quite a few Sheffield Wednesday fan groups, and I, I kind of get the opinion that they wasn't totally enamoured with the appointment of Gary Monk. But what I will say from a, a Birmingham City supporter, Gary Monk was absolutely loved at Birmingham and done great things with a very, very average group of football players in fact instantly Gary Monk got tunes out of players where previous managers had failed and I think that he's got a good coaching team and I think in terms of uh, of the young boy who was at top who's just gone down to um, Shay Adams to Southampton James Beattie I believe done a lot of one-to-one work with him and certainly improved that young man and and I can see Good times round the corner for your boys uh, at Sheffield Wednesday night. Well, I'm more pleased with him than I would be with a, uh, a Chris Hooten, uh, a Sam Allardyce or a um, Tony Pulis. Even the boys what's gone to Huddersfield. Yeah. And no doubt they'll, they'll those boys what's gone to Huddersfield will work hard. Yeah. I mean, when I look at his record, he did really well at uh, Swansea. Yeah. He did reasonably well okay at uh, Ellen Road. Um Bit of conflict, whether the the owners wanted him, wanted him in, or wanted him out. Yeah. I mean, they, they tried two or three, and then they got they went and got Bielsa. Uh, they'll let Bielsa do what he wants to do compared to what they would do. He like um, what's the boy now? What's his yeah, what's Monk, the manager's name? Gary Gary Monk. Monk. Uh, Bielsa will get more freedom what Gary Monk would yeah. do. Uh, you know, but rightly so. I mean, Bielsa looks. It looks to part. He did well at, up at Middlesbrough, yep. and he, he he done well at Birmingham. So I'm pleased with with Gary Monk because I, I looking at him, I think he wants to play the right way. Until he gets the right players in to play that way, uh, only time will tell. Yep. But I think he wants to play the right way. So I think it's a good signing for us. Uh, so for Huddersfield, you know, I think they them boys will go in. Uh, they'll work hard. They'll have to change the way the style of play. Uh, because once you start to get hold of bigger name players, they will question question you if things are not going right. If the if things are going right, then you're okay. But if they're not, those those bigger name players will question you. So for me, Monk is a plus for us, Sheffield Wednesday. And while we're in the Super Six predictions, you did go three one up um, last. There wasn't a, a fixture list last weekend because it was the international break. Back in the good old days, we never used to have international breaks. We used to play a game on a Wednesday, and then the, the players used to return to the football club. Or if it was a midweek fixture, they'd miss a midweek fixture. But we have got the Soccer Six back this uh, week, so we'll just briefly run through them. It's my team for the uh, for the title, Fulham. Have got the Albion, Charlton have got 
my team, Birmingham City. So we got Birmingham City and Albion in London. Good luck with that, Met Police. And then your guys, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, away at Huddersfield. Bournemouth take on one of your former clubs, Everton. Leeds travel to Barnsley and Villa on Monday night take on West Ham. How do you see those six games finishing? Well, uh, I fancy West Brom. Do you? Yeah, I fancy West Brom. Okay. Uh, I think Charlton. Charlton will, I think Charlton will nick that one nil. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I fancy Leeds strong at Barnsley. Yep. So do I. Uh, I'm going to go with a Wednesday win uh, to beat Huddersfield because even even with the new boys coming in, you know, there's a lot of uh, conflict with them. Yep. I fancy Everton to beat Bournemouth. Yep. And who's, who's the other one? Forest. Who's... And then we've got Villa on Monday oh, Villa. Night Football against West Ham. West Ham. United. And I'm going for a draw with that. I think that'll be a draw. So there's, you're either going to go 4 1 up and give me an absolute caning. Or I'm going to pull one back and go three two because I'm going to go Fulham to beat the Albion. I'm going to go. F- I think I think Charlton will beat Birmingham, but Birmingham don't do what I think, so they'll probably draw. But I'm going to go home win. I'm going to go for a draw. Huddersfield versus Sheffield Wednesday. I'm going to go for a, a draw. Bournemouth, uh, Everton, uh, Bournemouth and Everton. Leeds United. I think they'll spank Barnsley, and I think Villa would just shade West Ham United so uh, again I'll, I'll put that up so everybody can, uh, can have a play it, yeah. if, they, if they want to and see it and then follow it and see if you go 4-1 up or I pull it back to 3-2 to two. Two. Jock watch how did Jock get on the weekend how's his uh, progression he's passed his driving test so well done young man yeah, so that's a that's a big plus now. So he's not having to catch a bus to go into into training. So I tell him now to go in and get that bit of extra training. No excuse. Uh, we're doing that. Uh, they got beat again on what day is it? Tuesday night. Uh, the one on Saturday against um, Market Drake. I think that's who they played. And then yeah. they got beat last night four-one. Uh, uh, they're not a particularly good team, Gabby. Yeah. Uh, the, the football they play is, is not my kind of football. I've got to get on with it. Uh, is as much involved with the team as the rest of them. And it's them what has to put it right, whether it's them or the manager. They have to get a, a, a solution to get a, win, a winning uh, formula into the team. But looking at them, they don't look a good team. Uh, I'm not going to beat behind the bush with it. I'm not going to say because it's my son that you know uh, that they, they're having a bit of bad luck. They're not. Uh, they're not playing particularly well. They don't look a good team. But there's only them can sort it out, and and that's what they've got to try and do. Because other than that, you know, they're, they're going to keep giving bad result after bad result after bad result. So it's a scenario. Uh, is there well uh, January? That's if they keep him, but they don't send him back. But it's going to be a long, long uh, six months for him, uh, results-wise, if they don't turn it round quickly. But he will learn, won't he? And, and that's well, what that's what, what the progression is about: the, taking even a bad situation and making it good and learning from that experience. When you look at all to all players, what Becker went out on loan. I mean, Becker was a bit different because yeah. he obviously Man United. Yeah. But he went out on loan to Preston. Uh, all these good players go out on loan. You know, Barkley went out on loan to Sheffield Wednesday, then to Leeds, before he went back and established himself up in Everton. At Everton. But there's plenty of players go and do it. Yeah. Abby Kane uh, went to Norwich, 
uh, did all right according to form, but he had a lot of bad injuries. Yeah. You know, so they all look at it, and if it turns and if it turns right for them, they'll look at that that loan period and thinking that was an experience. I might not have liked it. Yeah. I might have liked it. You know, but it taught me a lot, and that's the one thing about it. It will teach him. It'll teach him a couple of things for me. It'll teach him. I don't want to play at this level. Yeah. So I better pull my finger out and start, you know, making some goals or scoring some goals, you know, because I don't want to play at this level for the rest of my life. We we know it's only a loan period, but he will look back at this period uh, in his time and look at it and think, Phew, that was a bit of a bad time, but it, it it taught me a lot and it made me it made me work harder. Yep. It shouldn't, but it, you know it that type of thing can. Yep. So. That's what I look at it for him, but it's, it's down to him to nuttle down and keep working, go in, smile. Uh, when I say smile, not smile that we've got beat, but smile, you know, uh, that, you know, not going to get me down. I'm going to I'm gonna want to, to turn this team around. I'm going to want to help uh, all the players uh, in the team. Uh, and if I can, and if I can, you know, try and win us some matches. But they've all got to try and do it. The manager, uh, the players and the staff behind everyone. And finally, I didn't get your magic moment. What was your magic moment of watching football over the last seven days? Sterling's uh, turn. Yeah. Sterling's turn last night uh, when he turned, played the ball through. And he just looks now like a a gazelle what's just gliding on a football field yeah. and just gliding past people. It's so good to watch him play. And and, and the thing about it, not that I laugh at anything, but I look at it and I think to myself, two years ago, all the people were giving him stick. He couldn't cross a ball. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. You know, people don't spend £50 million on, play, on bad players. Yeah. But some coaches can make a player what Guardiola's done to him and for himself. Because it's it's both of them, plus the team which he's playing in. You know, he's got to be the happiest man in football at this moment in time, Sterling. And whoever's managing him, not, I mean, on the pitch, obviously, Guardiola's managing him, he's coaching him. But whoever's looking after him, his image has changed unbelievably over 12 months. I remember that, that gun tattoo where the press got onto him and everything that Sterling was doing 12 months ago, he couldn't do nothing right. Now he can't do nothing wrong. So whoever's behind him, well done. Well, again, there's two sides to that. Yeah. Because you know as well as I do, if that player doesn't want to listen. Yeah. You know, you'll never change his personnel to the to the reporters and to the fans. Yeah. So, yes, whoever's behind him has spoke to him and said, look, this is the, the, the way you've got to go, right? But I've got to give Sterling credit that yeah. he's listened. Yep. Yeah. Right? Because don't forget, he's earning vast amount of money at Manchester City. Yep. Yeah. He'll be on a top, top, top whack wage. You know, it could it could easily throw it in and say, oh, I don't, I'm not interested in them, I'm not interested in press. He's listened and he's gone and he's learned and he's learned for the better because now people are praising him for what he's doing yeah. instead of knocking him for what uh, he should be doing. Absolutely, 100%. Well, Tal, time's up now. So let's hope this weekend we're both singing the blues. And we're going to leave you all, guys and girls, with Durand Jones and the Indications' new record, 
new CD. It used to be vinyl in our days, and vinyl is making a comeback. Cruise into the park. Well, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to enjoy it. And it's been a uh, great uh, hour again. And it's just flown past, just like the episodes. It certainly has. Till next time, Tal. Enjoy Duran Jones and the indications. See you all. Brilliant. Have a good weekend, Gabby. Cheers, pal. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go.